Hello everyone, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. From our last episode, the Tomodachi Bros are knee-deep in trouble. Who can stop the horror of the Devil Gundam-thon? Will their fists ever express their souls? And who will become the Tomodachi of Tomodachis? Let's find out. Tomodachi Bros fight all set, ready, go! Answer me, Snack. <laughs> yes, Master. Lying around with l- laundry attack. <laughs> I am a wonder bug. <laughs> How can this be? <laughs> because of the power of Mark Gatha. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, kind of does. Welcome, everyone, to the 13th annual Gundam fight. It's not, not annual. It's every four years. The, the colonies are still full of and the earth is not much better. Well, well hold on, Snack. You just said a bad word. Cog will censor me post-editing. It's all good. <laughs> it's okay. It's just like this show. Sometimes people say bad words, and it's up to us to censor them so that kids don't get indoctrinated into Satanism. Because you see, everyone, in the 13th annual Gundam fight, Neo-Japan, one of the colonies that represents Japan, even though it's a, in fact a colony and is not in fact actual Japan, has decided to make an ultimate Gundam, a Gundam that has the ability to self-repair, self-replicate, and self-evolve. Now, see, this all went great up until it decided that it wanted to be to Satan and went on a rampage. So now it's up to Domon Kashu, the Neo-Japanese national fighter, or the 13th Gundam fight, to track down the rogue Devil Gundam and his older brother, Kyoji, in order to settle things right and ensure that his family is returned to him. Because they're kind of in, like, icicle jail, it's not very well developed. I mean, apart from they have them and they're not going to do anything with them unless Domon wins. So, yeah. Oh, and, you know, Rain's there, too. His, his, his little sidekick. The, the Gundam fight is set up in a way to basically circumvent international bureaucracy. Rather than, you know, hold boring elections and have appointments and this, that, and the other, they decide global power and leadership in space by having giant robots drop down from the colonies to Earth and pummel each other. And the winner gets the highest standing of chairman of all of space. And in the 12th uh, Gundam fight, that was Hong Kong. 
And this time we follow the adventures of Neo Japan's fighter, Domon Kashu, as he attempts to save his family, find Kyoji, destroy the Dark Gundam, and bring great honor upon his homeland. Okay, just for clarification now, because Snek is going to just interchange them and he's not going to give any explanation, the Dark Gundam and the Devil Gundam are the same thing. Same thing, same giant monster, same nanomachine thing. It's just, it's called the Dark Gundam in the dub because this did broadcast on Toonami back in the day. And, you know, it's not kosher to just say devil uh, everywhere. And they say, the, they talk about the Dark Gundam slash Double Gundam a lot. So, yeah. Some interesting points from the good old fan wiki. A lot of the localization stuff was adjusted. For example, the Soaring Raven Gundam was originally called the Heaven Sword. Also, the Neo-Mexico Gundam, they called Spike Gundam, originally called the Tequila Gundam. Oh. And some of those some of those changes I get, like Tequila, okay, not only is that super racist, it's also like we don't really want to start advertising booze to kids. Um, some of those changes are way less sensical. Like, they changed Spain's from Matador Gundam to Toro Gundam. So they just change it from the dude holding the red flag to the bull. Or, but it's the same idea. Or uh, least of all, one of my favorite characters gets the shaft because uh, Schwarzbruder, the neo-German ninja, instead of having the really cool Spiegel Gundam, which means mirror, which is a big thing because this entire thing is showing, yes, you must be have a serene state of mind. You must be like the drop of water, clear, calm, serene. You must be a mirror. Yeah, I mean, Spiegel means mirror in in, in German, but they made him into Shadow Gundam. He's just, he's, he's Shadow Gundam. He's got Shadow Gundam. Oh, also the big one. Oh, yes. Burning Gundam is actually supposed to be God Gundam, hence G Gundam. And the funniest thing is, in the great chessboard you see in the second season, they still have God in capital letters emblazoned across the stand of the Burning Gundam. And what's funny, another little thing I picked up on the fan wiki, apparently a lot of these localizations actually happened because they were pandering to toy sales for Walmart because just before they actually, Walmart refused to carry the toys for the Gundam Death Scythe Hell version. Huh. I did not know that. That is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that until I, I randomly was, was browsing the G Gundam wiki. And I was like, huh, well, that makes, that makes sense now. I, I mean, but, but, but Cobb, don't you want a, a Scud Gundam from Neo-Iraq? I mean, don't, don't you want the Scud Gundam? It's it's the best one. It shoots missiles at you. It's also important to remember that this came out in the mid-90s. This was through uh, 1994 to 1997, we got four continuous series. This was the second of them. Immediately after, Victory Gundam, which was the last of the long-running uh, Universal Century series that started with the original Mobile Suit Gundam the uh, show that we talked about last week. So this was quite a quite a difference in terms of the way that it was presented. Instead of having a realistic, realistic with air quotes, you know, thoughtful, very somber series about, you know, war 
and what war does to people. We just get, man, I love fighting. Fighting is awesome, you guys. We must express our souls with our fists. Which I think partially is because they actually got a different director. They they don't have uh, Tamino involved with this one. This was uh, Yasuhiro Imagawa. Yes. Who also worked on Zeta Gundam, Giant Robo, Getter Robo Armageddon, and Tutsujin 28 Go, among many other things. Uh, yes, amongst other things like Shin Majinger and... Uh, yeah, Shin Majinger. Yeah. I mean, the man basically is a... As far as I'm concerned, he can do no wrong. Every single thing he touches is just great. And he just loves... He just loves Kung Fu Wuxia movies. Like he he expresses this in Giant Robo the animation, he expresses this here. I mean, it's very clear here. A lot of the fights, uh, the way that the choreography and the fact that it'll just switch, you know, having the two characters in their Gundams, and then it'll just show the two characters interacting in the poses of their Gundams. Honestly, I mean, and I presented this to, to Snack. Really, if you said to me, you know, look. We're going to get rid of all the Gundams in G Gundam and just have like the devil Gundam be like a book that corrupts people. You could do that. You could completely do that. It would not change a single thing because pretty much all the things they do with the Gundams are just representations of their abilities as these superhuman fighters anyway. Which actually goes to an interesting point I was thinking about today, which something I was thinking about today, despite... G Gundam being like this crazy super robot silly kind of stuff at certain points. When you think about it, if you compare the real robot Gundam versus like mobile fighter Gundam, I actually think that the mobile fighter Gundams have a more practical control system for a giant robot. Because if you think about what all the other UC Gundam cockpits look like, they're usually shown as being a lot like these fighter jets where you have like a set of pedals for some feet, two control sticks and like a million buttons and switches. And yet when they fight in UC and stuff, they have to move and fight just at like these crazy speeds with these super insane amounts of articulation within the robot versus you look at G Gundam and it just seems to make a lot more sense when the system is just a suit of sensors that literally just mimics their body movements. Oh, yes. Yeah, the mobile trace system. I, I have two points that I, I kind of kind of go into this, honestly. Like when I was very young, two things really bothered me about Gundam. It was kind of, the first point is kind of what you were getting at there, Cog. It's, um, especially in Gundam Wing, when they have, like, Gundam Epion, the Gundam that basically just has one big beam sword. And I was always thinking to myself, it's like, this Gundam is entirely built around sword fighting. How are you doing all these complex moves? I mean, you what, what are you, like, adjusting the, the joystick just so, so you're able to do, how, how does that work? Uh, that that always bothered me. I was a very autistic little 12-year-old. And the second thing was is, you know, in terms of G Gundam, so Shining Gundam and and God Gundam. I'm sorry, I uh, I spoiled myself when I was 12. I, I learned about G Gundam uh, from ancient Angel Cities slash uh, Angel Fire slash GeoCities websites. If you don't know what those are, uh, talk to your parents and they'll probably go, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Long time. 
And so that's the name I know. So, you know, you, I, I'm sorry if I cause your tism, but that's, that's what I know them as. And I use the names interchangeably. So, uh, okay. So here's, here's the thing. If they had, if there were engineers that went, yes, the shining Gundam has super mode. Why did no one tell Dubon? <laughs> I mean, I understand now why that is because I mean, it's basically, it's not about an actual system. It's about the fact that it's a power up. It's you, you should consider G Gundam to be more of a martial arts series. It's like super Saiyan except it actually kind of makes more sense because it's about, you know, it comes out of Domon's insecurities. He basically draws strength and goes berserk when he, you know, starts to, to lose it, basically. And he has to master his own emotions in order to be able to control that power, which is ultimately what the entire training arc at, at the Guiana Highlands is. But as a 12-year-old and not really getting that, because I was so used to Gundam Wing and Mobile Suit Gundam, I, that just really, really bothered me. So I just wanted to sh- to share that just because that was kind of tying into your point there. God, so, but yeah, it's pretty great. It does also largely revolve around a five-man crew of Domon, Neo Japan, Chibity Crockett, who is from the Neo United States, uh, George Desand who does not actually speak with a stereotypical accent, to my eternal dismay, from Neo-France, Sai Saishi from Neo-China, and Argo Golsky from Neo-Russia. And you can definitely tell this is a mid-90s show because everyone acts extremely stereotypically, up to the point that Argo is a prisoner, taken a political prisoner, taken out of a gulag and strapped with a nuclear bomb and has this not Soviet commissar, just following him around. A weirdly hot, not Soviet commissar. And she just has her little, I'm not sure what you'd call that thing. It's like a, it's not a whip. Some kind of rider crop or something. Yeah, it's like a crop and she just hits him with it. And it's like, are you, you're getting way too into this. Are you okay there, Natasha? So it's not just about Domon and his, you know, Mary rampage across the world asking people, have you seen this man? Kyoji, a.k.a. this guy, a.k.a. my evil brother, a.k.a. that great man. A.k.a. you know, thing happens. I am confident that this thing happened because of the devil gun themselves with the help of <laughs> Kyoji! <laughs> and that's honestly the thing, too. Uh, another thing, our, our, our main man, at least for the dub, has Mark Gatha, who... If you're familiar at all with Latter-day Mega Man X, like Snek is, you will know him as Mega Man X's voice. And basically, this is one of his last roles he did before he kind of retired and went off into the sunset. I believe he's a pediatrician in, uh, I want to say, in somewhere in eastern Canada. I, I, don't quote me on that. But yeah, so this is kind of a thing. And the funny thing is, I feel like 50% of the time, I'm like, yes, Mark, I love it. Mm, so good. But then there are other times where he's just like, what? What? The, the devil Gundam is attacking. What? And it's like, okay, you want to try that again? The, the, there are a few lines and it's it's not even limited to Domon. There's one part I remember, and this is an extension of the censorship we were talking about. I remember very clearly when they first learn that gentle Chapman, Neo Britain's fighter is 
suddenly back, having been killed in action previously. And the, the girl that George likes, uh, Marie Louise, has to say this line really quickly because there's not enough lip flaps. So she's like, George, gentle Chapman is back from beyond the grave. And George has to turn and go, what? From beyond the grave? And he just has such a short window to say it. It comes off in this really funny, stilted way. I'm like, you are trying so hard not to say the word die. It's almost cute. Yeah. And I'm, it's one of those things. Like, even as kids, I mean, I, I knew what they meant. It's really weird. And I know, you know, honestly, it's it's to try and not make children's shows like too morbid. But I mean, come on, guys. Death is a thing that happens. Even children know that it's a thing, you know, so. Oh, yeah. I will say I watched uh, several of these episodes with my little cog and he absolutely fell in love with them. Literally, we watched a few episodes and I was like, oh, daddy's got to watch this show. And it was like, OK. And like, it's got robots. It's like, oh, OK. And then we started watching it. And literally moments later, we're running around the uh, running around the place yelling, shining finger. Oh, and so, yes, he's got a new Gundam fan. Did you do the uh, the answer me little cog <laughs> and, and bro fist bro fist him? I mean, come on. You can, we didn't, we didn't quit. Oh, okay. I, I know he's a little bit little. He's, he's still little. Yeah. About to say, you could have him bro fist his old man. Oh yeah. But I suppose that also, I mean, was he there for the Wanderbug episode? Cause. Um, no, oh. he was, we, he actually started it with me. We got through like the first um, five episodes and then we got into some of the training arc. We're at there at the Highlands and. Taisachi shows up and uh, a few of those episodes. Yeah. Um, another thing I noticed, I thought initially when I was 12 and I watched this the first time, I thought when they were talking about the Guiana Highlands, they're talking about northern South America, like in Venezuela, which is actually where Guiana is. But when they actually show the part of the earth when they're about to drop God Gundam to assist Domon, they're showing New Guinea just north of Australia. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, is this a thing? Did they like completely mistake where they're going? But that makes more sense, though, because they mentioned that Domo needs to actually get to Hong Kong for the finals in like an hour. It's like, oh, that would actually make sense. But on the other hand, it's like, but that's New Guinea. Why are you saying Guiana? That's completely different. I don't know. Did anybody else notice that or is that just me? They actually they actually change the pronunciation a few times. Generally, when they're talking about, they'll say Guiana, but there are a few instances where I don't know if it's the actor slurring or if they were literally handed something wrong on the script, but they will say a few different enunciations of it. You know, it would make more sense in New Guinea, ultimately. I mean, it, it, it's kind of superfluous, but yeah, it's it's such a good show. Very, very racist, though, but very even handed because everyone is considered a buffoon. I mean, it's actually something another funny thing I was thinking about today because I've actually studied some martial arts and I really enjoy boxing. And I just recently had my birthday. And one of the gifts I got part of the reason I love boxing is because I kind of hate traditional exercising. And boxing is just my way of kind of helping my keep in shape because I actually enjoy it. And my wife actually got me a new punching bag for my birthday. And I was sitting here 
punching this thing, and then I'm looking over watching G Gundam, and you see Chibity Crockett, and I'm like, oh, look, the American fighter boxing with a boxing Gundam. And uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, wonderful. Just turned it to a boxing Gundam with football equipment, a surfboard, and a revolver pistol. Yeah. It's just funny because I'm sitting here thinking about just American fighting stereotypes and boxing is one of the biggest ones, not just in G Gundam, but like stuff like if you look at a lot of martial arts movies, like the Ip Man series, for example, all the Americans are boxers. It's just one of those things. I was like, oh, well, and here I am boxing. I guess I literally just put myself in, in, in said box. Hey, man, if you haven't tried Tai Chi, it's actually really cool. Not going to lie, it's like way harder than it actually seems. Which is actually funny because the the martial art, like the actual motions that Master Asia goes through, a lot of those are from uh, internal martial arts like Tai Chi. I did a little bit of martial arts training myself. So that was kind of cool. I'm like, oh yeah, they actually, they must have had like rotoscoping or had like reference people because this is, this is pretty good, pretty on point stuff. Or at least they're a little bit more skilled in when they recycle animation too, I've noticed in this one. Like there'll be certain shots. Like for instance, they are very, very keen on going, yep, you know what? Domon has to use his finishing attack and we have to show him charging up his finishing attack every single episode. Or there's this one bit where he'll they'll show Domon and then he slowly will get his body replaced by whatever his Gundam was. And they, they use that quite a bit as well. So... But I think it's a little bit more veiled than the way it was in Mobile Suit Gundam. But I think that's also because the budget for the animation is more than, you know, 300 yen and a shoestring we found behind the couch. So I don't actually get bothered as much, I feel like, by recycled animation. Part of me revisiting that is like a lot of times when they recycle this stuff... I'm kind of the person that, like, if I see something really cool, I don't necessarily mind seeing it again. And a lot of the elements, you know, they recycle are the cool scenes of, you know, the finisher move and things like that. But Oh, dude, I, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm a very visual person. Which I, I know irony of ironies, the blind guy, a visual learner. So I just, I notice these things. I was just, I'm not complaining. I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, that's a thing. I, I, and I understand yeah. <laughs> it's all because, you know, that's, that's money saved. You know, you use that point again, that's just money saved. That's more money that you could be doing other things. That's less time you have to animate. As someone who's been really getting into video editing, I fully sympathize. There are times where I'm like, uh, can't I just have one long run on clip and be done editing this video? <laughs> that I, I, sometimes I'm tempted to take a lazy route. I do my best to always keep what you're seeing and what you're hearing topical. But at the same time, it's like, I get it. Sometimes when you, you have literal hours upon hours upon hours of content, having something really flashy, like the shining slash burning finger that's going to eat 30 to 40 seconds of screen time per episode is kind of a lifesaver. Plus your intro, plus your outro, which are like three minutes or so per episode. And yet, you know, you cut it down to like only 20 minutes and then you cut down a couple, few more seconds for reused attack animation and stuff. Yeah. So I suppose that that is a good segue into music and is the OP, (laughs) the first one. I, I mean, the only one. It's like, it is a banger, man. Flying in the sky, 
flying flying in the sky is is such a banger. I, that is just it gets me pumped. I just hear that fly in the sky. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go punch some guys. You have made two mistakes all in one sentence. First of all, you mispronounced it. It's actually God Gundam. And <laughs> also, I trust you forever. I know you want to forget I trust you forever, but it exists. And Okay, it's it kind of was a meme between Snack and I when we watched it together because we got to the point where Trust You Forever became the OP. And I I have the same problem I have with Trust You Forever that I have with Bloody Stream. The battle is escalating. They're in the final round now. They're going to actually determine whether or not Domun can win. And yet, instead of, you know, fly the sky, we get do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. We got Kenny G on the saxophone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mobile Fighter G Gundam is filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it's like, oh, my God, am I watching G Gundam or am I watching Seinfeld? You know, actually, I totally agree with you guys. I actually think I like the the song, the first intro song, but I like the animation for the second intro better than the first one. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like I apart from Trust You Forever, like the actual insert songs, like, for instance, one of the ones I discovered I really liked was kind of, they have this really ominous chanting with like chimes and everything whenever the the Devil Gundam shows up called uh, Gino Shogo. Mm, that's so good. I actually had to track it down on YouTube. It's so good. I, I had kind of an, oh my God, that's where it comes from kind of moment. There is a bit where George DeSand fires his butler and then suddenly he has like this weird slapsticky running sequence and it plays this really bizarre song. And there was an animator and I can't remember off the top of my head who did it. He did a Monster Hunter 4 animation about Conchu and that Conchu were terrible. And he used that song. So I suddenly heard the song playing. In oh, oh, the most annoying monster. Is that the one? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. And it's the same song. And it's the song that's playing when weird butler stick shift Gundam is running in this really slapsticky sequence to get back to George. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's where that song comes from. Oh, yeah, that should be pointed out, too, that George Desson's butler, unlike the other mobile suits that all use the um, mobile trace system, whereupon the pilot's motions are mimicked by the mobile suit, he has just a steering wheel and a stick shift. Like, he's coming right out of another Tomino series, actually, Armored Trooper Zabungle, whereupon, yeah, the giant robots in Zabungle actually have steering wheels and transmissions and everything like you would have for a car. Now, the thing with Zabungle is that it's a really lighthearted series. I mean, there's a point later on, uh, minor spoilers, whereupon the main characters are having their, they have this uh, large tank ship that's being attacked by the bad guys. They launch an ICBM at the tank ship. The main characters just grab it out of the air and then throw it back at the enemies. I mean, it's that kind of show. It's very goofy, but... And I think it kind of adds to the point, too. Of, of It's this very slapsticky, very goofy segment. So There are so many goofy moments. There were so many times watching this show where I just cracked up laughing. 
I cannot hear Schwarzbruder without my mind going, May the Schwartz be with you. And yet he's the serious mentor figure after Master Asia. Yes, he is. You know, decides to become evil. <laughs> and I got to say, though, I got I to say it, that it's kind of great and kind of cool because, like, I, I'm not really one to be like, ah, oh, you know, fiction, ah, just, you know, I, I learned everything I needed to learn from Star Wars. But the the moment where he actually, where Domon actually discovers the secret to unlocking the super boat. And he just has this moment. And then Schwartz just goes, yes, a serene state of mind without fear or anger. That is the way to unlock the super mode and supreme power. And it's like that, those, those sentences right there have actually stuck with me. And I mean, a little, a little bit about myself. I kind of have a temper and so it's kind of been a thing of like serene state of mind. I have to have a serene state of mind. And I know it's kind of cringy and kind of goofy, but it's it's really powerful, I think. So it's kind of funny that, you know, we're seeing these characters from two different ways there, Cog. No, I mean, I love Schwartz. It's just for some reason when I hear that, I'm just... And like I said, there's so many other parts that are just so goofy to the show. One that just randomly sent me into just openly laughing was when you had the um, the blind assassin guy. Oh, uh, I can't remember his name off the Neo top Nepal's of my head. Neo Nepal's I love, and then the, the, the scene where it's like, he loses his eyes and he's like, but you're still a master assassin and sooner or later I'll hit my mark. Yeah, after he <laughs> like, after oh. he uh, hits every <laughs> single candle and they all kind of lean off to one side and his handlers are like, oh, and this is after he randomly just goes up behind this guy who looks suspiciously like Santa and is like a booga and just kills him. Yeah, he killed Santa Claus. I'm <laughs> sorry, everyone. Christmas is canceled. <laughs> yes, Neo, De- Neo, Neo Nepal ensured no Christmas. Santa is dead. This, this show overall has just some of the wackiest Gundam designs. I mean, can we talk about the practicality of the Viking Gundam for a second? Making the second half of your robot a boat. I think the entire conceit of that, though, is the fact that basically I, I more or less I was of the opinion after a while. I'm like, you know, the Gundam fight's basically uh, professional wrestling. You have a persona, you have a, a gimmick, and that's not only what your country is known for, but it's also kind of your thing. And so the Gundam has to reflect that. I think that is a great way to describe G Gundam. It really is like this just giant robot Gundam WWE fight show, which is a big part, I think, of why you watch it. You just have all these different very theatrical Gundams with their own motifs to them that basically just come together to smash each other's faces. And unfortunately, the plot itself does get a bit disjointed because when we get into the plot, it starts off with the Gundam fight. Then it's, oh, we need to deal with the Dark Gundam. Then it flips back again. Oh, I, I need to go train. And we have the training arc. And it's, oh, back to the Dark Gundam. Oh, we need to go back to the tournament arc now. And the tournament arc gets several episodes. But then, oh, wait, it's not over yet. Dark Gundam's back. It's not done yet. But I do definitely enjoy when you do get that big epic finish. When you have all the characters we got to meet earlier in the show, kind of come back to help finally put down the devil Gundam. Yeah, it's a darn shame thing, really. The machine known for regeneration and evolution ultimately isn't killed when the angry Japanese guy just hits it really hard. It's it's a darn shame how that happened. 
I guess he wasn't a wanderbug yet. That is true. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess this is a good good time as any, gentlemen. I have my gun right here. So, Mr. Snack, favorite character. I know this this might be overly predictable of me. My favorite is Chibity Crockett. And not only is it because I feel like I do have to root for my home colors, it's also a matter of there is an episode where he punches a clown in his stupid face. And in order to cheer him <laughs> on, his harem of co-workers sings to him America the Beautiful. And I'm like, this is the most amazing thing that human art has ever created. And it's we're never going to be able to surpass this. Try as we might. I love Chibity. He is a good pick. He is a good pick. What about you, Mr. Cog? Uh, Guns pointed at you now. That is a tough one for this show. I like a lot of the characters in this show. There are a lot of great supporting characters just with the whole new Shuffle Alliance cast. And I do really like Schwartz because it's like, where else are you going to find a German ninja robot pilot? Like what other show? But I mean, not that he's even actually... Well, he's actually are, are, are we going to spoil that? So he's actually the corpse, the reanimated corpse of the original Schwarzbruder, reanimated with devil Gundam cells and formed into a clone of Kyoji such that Kyoji can actually help his brother because ultimately Kyoji, it turns out, was betrayed. And when he took the devil Gundam, he was trying to save his little brother and trying to save his family by removing a powerful weapon from the hands of people who were trying to take over Neo Japan. But we don't learn that until the very last episode. And at that point, both Kyoji and Schwartz are dead. Yes. And then we find out that our main, our two main villains are actually Devil Gundam itself. And Master Asia just kind of went along with it from his own perspective and was never actually controlled by the devil Gundam. And then Ulube Ishikawa ends up just wanting to control the world. Well, the entire thing with master Asia, if we're just going to go full spoilers is because after defeating everyone else in the last Gundam fight, he realized that the colonies were treating the earth merely as a plaything, and that the Gundam fights were causing untold yeah. destruction. So he did a hard pendulum shift and rather than just being a very, you know, might makes right. I am a superior martial artist. He goes, humanity does not deserve the earth. Humanity should be destroyed. And so he saw the regenerative powers of the double Gundam as a way of recovering the world, which if it was actually in its original ultimate Gundam form would have worked. The problem being is the reason why it corrupts everything is because of damage ultimately done to it when it fell through Earth initially. Once again, right before he yep. dies, uh, in order to try and seal it away, Kyoji explains this and goes, yeah, the entire reason why I've been wandering around the Earth is because I've been trying to hide it. I've been trying to keep it away from people such that it won't actually corrupt things because everything I touch now, everything I everywhere I go now, gets destroyed. It just becomes just ash and just smog and nanomachines everywhere. And then we finally defeat Devil Gundam with the power of, of love. Yes. And then we get to fly 
Domon and Rain get to fly away on a flying unicorn robot. With Funsai. With God Gundam. Yes, it's quite wonderful. Anyway, back to the original question. I would have to say my favorite character in G Gundam is probably Domon himself. Even though he's not the sharpest tool in the shed all the time, I found rewatching this a lot of the show for me, especially early on, is a lot of just waiting for Domon to show up and be like, this hand of mine burns with an awesome power, and this is why you suck, and now you're destroyed. And he just brings a lot of energy, and I, th- I think he's just a pretty great hot-blooded hero character. Now I suppose I'm pointing the gun at myself, and I have to say, it, it is the undefeated in the East. <laughs> Master Asia. I mean, the guy is just a certifiable grade A badass. He, the first time we see him, he destroys several mobile suits with his bare hands. And even though he is very early on shown to be a villain, I think that, you know, even though his methods are just absolutely abhorrent i believe that you know it is true that we should protect you know the the natural resources of the earth now i'm saying we should do this in a responsible way we shouldn't become like cavemen i I quite like having air conditioning i quite like the computer that i'm currently looking at but you know should i have you know the air conditioner on uh, 16 tvs on while you know also microwaving things. No, we, we, we can be a little bit more responsible than that. Recycling as much as Snack is going to roll his eyes and go, oh boy, is, yeah, you know, we can do that. It's just the fact that going, going back to Master Asia, he's just a very hammy, very larger than life guy. Every single time he does something, it is a treat to watch. And even honestly, when Domon schools him in the Guiana Highlands, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, okay, so you beat me. Once. Gonna have to do it again, bucko. <sighs> real real talk time here. I loved him so much, I stole him from my own work. So, I mean, that, that's how much I love him, basically. I, I didn't actually steal him. It, it's just an, it's a homage. It's a homage. So, I will say, I think one of my favorite random scenes with Master Asia was when, during the flashback, where they're sitting at the campfire... And he says, a martial artist's hands are not just used for defeating opponents. You might be wondering what else they're used for. And then he just proceeds to stick his bare hand into the campfire to just pull their dinner out. Like, yes, that's that's uh, something else they, they're good for. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you also have to remember that this is coming from the Wuxia uh, school of cinema there, Cog. The entire thing is being is, you know, intense ascetic training and martial arts discipline basically makes you superhuman. And the man is called undefeated of the East. If he's not a martial arts badass, his parents really did not like him. I know he's even jumping on bullets in the earlier episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, he's very clearly meant to be superhuman either because of his training or just because of his particular talents. I mean, even Domon, even Domon during the training is like. How can I possibly stand up to master's power if I can't overcome a simple waterfall? And is like chucking, just jumping off the waterfall while others are coming up and be like, what is he doing up there? If, if you must know, 
the entire impetus of his Undefeated of the East moniker comes from a very famous Chinese novel called The The Proud Lone Wandering Warrior, which is about, ultimately what the novel is about isn't really important to this, but the main villain is this man who is so consumed with desire for power that he seeks out a forbidden tome of martial arts knowledge called the Sunflower Manual. And in, in order to, you know, fully unlock the secrets that are written there, he has to castrate himself so he can learn the female martial arts that are inside. And ultimately his attachments, once he becomes a eunuch and starts to, you know, engage in these homosexual relationships that he develops a taste for, ultimately lead to his downfall. And, but because of this, he's able to gain strange and mystical powers that are not known to either man or God. It's actually very, you know, you can kind of see, you know, the reason why a single man with a, you know, a sash is able to destroy, you know, these 20 meter tall monster mobile suits and everything. It, it kind of makes sense there. That's interesting. All right, guys. Well, it gets time for overall thoughts on Mobile Fighter G Gundam. G Gundam is my favorite Gundam. It is silly. It is ridiculous. It is over the top. It is beautiful. And it tells us a very important moral about watching out for your bros, keeping those you love close and safe, and also the obligations that we owe to one another, and that someday we will have to unite to stop our common enemy environmentalists okay that's what you got out of it all right that that's mostly a joke i'm 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 mostly kidding do you want to give it your rating mr snack well you see i'd give it a burning finger out of a heat end what about yourself mr cog essentially i have i've had mixed feelings on g gundam i have to say it's both simultaneously one of the worst gundam shows they've ever done but also one of the best super robot shows out there um, it completely cuts out a lot of the elements that made me like fall in love with the Gundam world, the really well thought out world building, the epic space war drama and characters that is the UC Gundam. But then it turns around and replaces it with just this exquisite, hilarious, hot blooded awesomeness. And it just creates this like super fun robot show that feels like it's like got a big Gundam wrestling mask and just makes me not care anymore. But um, overall, it is a f- really fun show. I would probably rate this one. I would probably give it about an 8.5 out of 10 for me. I guess I'm going to be the outlier here because, I mean, honestly, I, I kind of hated this show as a kid. I did not really get it. I was very much, you know, used to Gundam as fighting machines And even though I was big into Dragon Ball, I just did not get really where this was coming from. And I was just like, what is this? Why is everything a Gundam? Is this like Oprah Winfrey Gundam? You get a Gundam and you get a Gundam. And it's like, (laughs) but now I'm like, I, I, I have watched a lot more shows that the director has done. I kind of, I think, know more like what he's trying to say. And so I'm like, you know what? Kind of what you were talking about, Cog. I'm like, this is a really fun martial arts show. Yes, it is goofy. Yes, it is extremely on the nose with a lot of the ways they portray other nations. But at the same time, I mean, you think about it, Domun is a giant buffoon. 
Rain is a giant nag. I mean, <laughs> Chibity is like, woohoo, let's shoot guns and drink, everybody. And, you know, George is just one, you know, bad accent away from going, oh, wine and baguettes. <laughs> so I, I think it's very even handed, even even when it's very kind of on the nose. So, yeah, I, I'm honestly going to going to say this is a nine out of ten for me. As much as I love the original, as much as I love UC Gundam in general, I mean, I, I am such a sucker for martial arts shows. So that's why I gave it such a. A big, uh, honestly, I mean, it would be higher, but it is really, really, really plotting at times. And I understand that's just kind of the nature of a weekly show, but I, I feel like certain elements could have just been removed rather than just like, oh, did we really need to see more of Domon just like running through the jungle? Did we really need to have another wacky adventure of, oh, so this is the reason why all the Shuffle Alliance is in Guyana? Oh, and I'm like, did I? Oh, come yeah. on, I don't. The plot is really kind of disjointed in elements. But at the same time, though, I mean, the, the beginning is strong. When it's together, like in Shinjuku, mm, that's good. When they have the final battle royale, mm, that's good. But like the training bit, I'm like, eh. The, the early bits of the uh, second round, eh. But yeah, so that's the reason why it's it's a 9 out of 10 for me. All right. What's our next show, guys? Okay, the last runners up were Turn A and Thunderbolt. So I got my random number generator here ready. I'm going to say Turn A will be one, Thunderbolt will be two. One. So next up is Turn A. Of course. Of course, Cog can't win. <laughs> well, I'm going to go through and count down and keep track of how many, how, what everybody's wins and loss ratios are. <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, dude, this is, you know, you were the one who kind of came up with the entire idea of a Gundam month anyway. So if anything, this entire thing is kind of your win. But hey, hey guys, next time, next time. Remember Dr. Cog's talk about, you know, Minofsky particles and colonies and space wars? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're getting in back into that. But we're also going to get back into really bizarre mecha designs. Washing your laundry. Lady Sorel. And also, Universe! Sorry, that was a very, very quiet Harry Ord. But, uh, yeah. Look forward to it. Thank you for listening to the Tomodachi Brothers Review Podcast, produced and recorded by The Hipster Snack, Ditaku, and Cog. Sound design and editing by executive producer Sean Taylor Brown with Cog Sound Engineering. Music written and performed by Sean Taylor Brown with Costas Voss of Core Insight Studio on the drums. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time. everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tomodachi Bros Anime Podcast. I'm one of the co-founders and co-hosts of the podcast, The Hipster Snack. 
If you want more content from me, I have my own YouTube channel, The Hipster Snack. Links will be available everywhere I can spam it up until I get a custom one, but all in due time. I do weekly game reviews, and in the future, probably more than that. Look forward to it, and I'll see you there and on Twitter, at Hipster Snack. See ya!